Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Competitive Enablement Show on the Compete Network, powered by Clue, podcast for product marketers and compete pros looking to give their companies competitive advantage. I'm your host, Adam McQueen, and today we have another session from Compete Week. Our repeat of marketing, Katie Berg, was joined by two CMOs, Megan Eisenberg from Lacework and Karen Van Buren from Greenhouse Software, and they each shared their perspective around how they use competitive intelligence as marketing leaders to serve their business's biggest objectives. So they get into a ton of stuff and a high level strategically, but also some of the things they're doing tactically around aligning sales and marketing, how they're getting their entire go-to-market function from leaders and the subsequent teams to be seeing the world the same way and chasing the same goals and working more cohesively together through competitive intel, and also how they use competitive intelligence to inform executive decision-making. So it was a great conversation, and even if you're in product marketing or competitive intel listening to this, I think it's especially interesting to get the perspective of one of the most important internal stakeholders for your program, and often your budget holder, your EDM, the person that is sponsoring the work that you're doing, to get them a line assigned to how they're looking at competitive intel, what they value most, and how it serves the biggest business objectives on the table, because that's what we're here to do. Check out all of the shows that we're producing on the CompeteNetwork.com. If you haven't seen it already, we got a snazzy new website there with some awesome, awesome content for product marketers and compete pros. So please check that out if you haven't already. And with that all said, let's get into today's conversation with Katie, Karen, and Megan. Welcome, everyone. I'm here with a couple of my absolute favorite marketers, Megan Eisenberg, CMO of Lacework, and Karen Van Buren, CMO of Greenhouse. Thank you both so much for being here. Hey, thanks. Excited for this. We're here to talk about the role of competitive enablement in the CMO portfolio. So we have about 25 minutes. I have a number of questions that I'm going to be asking, but just for everyone in the chat, um, we'll also have time to field a couple of your questions as well. So if you type those in the chat throughout the conversation, I'll keep track of them and, and we'll get to a couple of them. But I would love to start with you, Karen. There are a lot of levers, programs, strategy, things that you can do at your disposal as a marketing leader. I'm curious from your perspective, where does competitive intelligence fit in and what are the objectives that it supports at Greenhouse? Um, thanks, Katie. So great to be here. Really, really compelling topic. My role as a CMO is basically very simple. My job and my team's job is to create advantage for the company. And without having a tool that actually allows us to sort of have great intel, to create great insights, and to do the enablement around that, it would be much, much harder to do that. So Clue is kind of central for me as a function to be able to do all of that. And if you think about sort of a hub and spoke system, um, what we have done is we sort of plugged or put Clue in the middle, if I could put it that way, and all these teams are plugging into it. My team obviously has product marketing in it, has partnerships in it has um, performance marketing, growth marketing, segment strategies, all of those teams are tapping into the intel that comes from Clue. Um, but also it's an enabling, a massively enabling tool for um, my colleagues in sales, uh, sales and marketing working very closely together. So for the revenue organization, and then last but not least, for the product organization. So as a sort of, a, um, as the executive responsible for go-to-market, I find that Clue is really central to helping us to not only kind of understand where to respond, to understand where to position and target, and also to be able to 
um, I think I'll just say to build some confidence in terms of our sellers' responsibility, ability to respond to what they're coming up against every day in the market. It's interesting, you, in, in the first conversation you and I had on this topic a while back, we were talking about how competitive intelligence is a function that builds trust with yes. the sales organization. organization. I'd love um, if you could elaborate on that. You know, I think um, maybe maybe this is a bit of a stereotype, right? But there's a lot of conversation or there's a lot of sort of perception that sales and marketing don't always work well together. Marketing throws things over the wall. Sales is kind of doing on something else, not sure if marketing is focused on the same things. For me, what's really amazing and powerful about, you know, sort of looking at competitive um, intelligence through the same lens is how it actually breaks down barriers, makes people feel like we're actually going after the same problem and doing it in a way that is aligned with what our goals are. So we have a common goal, a common strategy, shared intelligence, and shared victories because it's easy to see when you're responding to intelligence that's accurate and current, um, you see the results in, in, in the sales conversations. Megan, the very first time that I saw you speak was in a presentation you did, I'm sure years ago, about the um, partnership between marketing and sales. And I'm curious where, uh, how you see a compete program bridging, bridging that gap. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a bunch of areas. I think the biggest thing is we arm our sales team to win. And part of winning is understanding the players on the field and the landscape. Um, I think... Uh, a big part of enablement is how we how marketing supports and uplifts our sales team. And we by knowing about our competitors, we can do trap setting questions. We understand where we outmaneuver. Um, if we deeply understand our ICP and why they buy, we can showcase what we do and what we do better. I think also on differentiation, uh, a big part of of knowing where you are and your messaging comes down to your ability to differentiate from your competitors. And so you need to know what do they do? What does their product do? Why do people buy them? Why do people not buy them? Why do people churn away from them? Uh, and understanding their even their life cycle with our competition and when RFPs are due, different things like that. So uh, I think one of the best things we can do is arm our sales team to win and give them confidence. And maybe it would be interesting to um, kick off with that same initial question, Megan, at least where, uh, where does competitive intelligence fit in and what are the objectives that, that it's supported within your organization? Yeah, so um, competitive intelligence sits within our product marketing team, uh, which is um, reports into the marketing organization. Uh, they're part of my org. Um, but we also spend a lot of time with the sales team and we field a lot of questions and we go into deals with the sales team. Uh, also at Lacework, uh, the competitive team meets with our CEO weekly and, and really um, goes into new learnings, what we're seeing in the market. Uh, and so it's valued all the way uh, to the top. Um, and I think that um, you have to be an expert in the space to be confident. And if your field um, goes in there confident um, and confident, uh, they will win more deals. And that's uh, that's a big um, part of why we do it, why we spend so much time on it, why we you know have so much information and battle cards that we have in Clue. We're making sure the sales team knows where to find it and uh, who to work with because that confidence builds pipeline and deals. 
I want to underscore that so hard because I think, you know, if, if the, if our sales guys are living in the tool, the information is really current and there's just no way that they could, you know, um, be faced with a question or a situation that they don't feel prepared for. So I'm definitely with you on that. Karen, I'm curious, you had also mentioned to me the last time we chatted around how in having a tool that connects with the sales organization, it also helps to feed into your intelligence staying relevant and staying up to date. Could you maybe speak to that system and, and how you see it adding value in your org? Yeah, I think it takes a little bit of time in the beginning to kind of train everyone to understand that the tool is not static. It's not sort of a one-way um, one way flow of information that marketing has gathered. Um, the tool is really optimally impactful when everyone is contributing to it. And so it took us a little bit in the, in, in the initial implementation to sort of cultivate those behaviors, but people started to see results. You know, we were able to measure the folks that were living in the tool and really using it optimally. They were seeing faster deals, more success, higher, um, you know, ARR in those deals. And that there's nothing that makes a salesperson more inspired when they see a colleague being successful. So they want to know what that tool is, what their success is. And so we've seen adoption, really good behaviors. And now we've cultivated in the organization this belief that anytime anyone learns something, they share it with Clue. And that is a quick kind of flow so that everyone who's um, you know sort of tapping in has access to the same information in real time. And Megan, for Lacework, I'm sure there's so many competitors that you're tracking and that your whole organization is tracking. I'm wondering for you as well, is there a culture of compete that's been fostered by your own competitive intelligence program? I mean, certainly cybersecurity, there is, it's a very competitive space. I mean, you see the charts out there and there's a, a ton of players. And so you definitely have to understand your ICP, your what your solution is and what your customers want. I love the um, the three concentric circles model where there's a circle of you as, as lacework, there's a circle of what your competition does, and then there's the circle of what the customer wants. And you, you quickly see where you overlap, where they overlap, and it gives you a sense of, okay, this is what we need to build based on what the customer wants and nobody else has. Um, and it I think it fosters innovation. So as you see what they need and what you build and the, the empty space that's not there yet. Um, but I, I think it, it gives you a really good idea of, of how to position and go through it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's really important that we understand, um, most importantly, what our customers want, but um, how we, we, you know, are built much better than the competition. So you had brought up, Megan, this... Um the fact that your program is rolling up and reporting into the CEO on a regular basis. And something we've been talking about at Clue with a lot of our customers this year is about how you can be using competitive intelligence and um, providing value to C-suite across the organization. So I'm curious if you could maybe elaborate um, a little bit more on that. Yeah, I mean, the team will report each week on what they're seeing. And um, it's it's a bit of a consultancy where what we see, it's um, feedback in the market, it's you know, the wonderful thing about tech and competing is that it is not boring. And the players move the chess, you know, we're all moving on the chessboard. We're announcing new things. We have customer announcements. We have product announcements. Uh, we're acquiring uh, new functionality. 
And so to stay up on that does take a full-time focus. And their job is to come in and go, here, hey, this is our full-time job. We're focused on what's happening in the market. And here's what we're seeing. And here's what we recommend. And here's how we're going to arm the field. And um, it matters. And you know, our CEO is very uh, just technical. It's, it's awesome to have a, a strong technician at the helm and uh, is absorbing a lot of inputs. And this is one of the major inputs to really understand how to direct the company and, and where we're going to fight and where, where we're going to play. And uh, so uh, it is, it's great to see the team come and present and, and the ideas that are generated off that. And Karen, maybe similar question to you, curious how you're enabling or informing at the C-suite level um, on the topic of compete. For us, um, com the opportunity is mostly um, the C. The, the, in my my colleagues in the C-suite are using Clue themselves to actually just stay current and understand sort of what the dynamics are. Um, within my marketing organization and within product marketing, we're using the tool mostly to actually tweak and adjust competitor response. So there's sort of a the one is a macro a macro exposure. The other one is a little bit more tactical. And one of the things that we do enjoy doing is experimenting with responses. So try out a new message, try out a new packaging, try out a new strategy, see what kind of reaction and response we get. So it does feel like um, you know having living close to where the where the intelligence is arms you to be very relevant at all times in how the revenue team is going to respond to, you know, whatever it is that's happening in the market. Interesting. And what do you think? One last question for me, and then we have a couple of questions from the audience I'd love to get to. Um, Karen, starting with you, what do you think the, the biggest miss is that executive teams have when it comes to competitive strategy? Well, um, I think that there's some old thoughts. There's some sort of legacy beliefs that um, competitive strategy should sit in sales and that marketing has nothing to do with it. That's one. Um, another legacy idea is that potentially it's all very research-based and it takes a long time to to gather, to distill, you know, you know, all of the dynamics. I, I'm not against research. I'm just commenting that that's a very slow way of moving, if I could put it that way. Um, and I think that there is a little bit of um, a mindset that competitive intelligence is like a project. You know, you do it, you come up with the results and then you respond on it. And that just, again, it just doesn't, it doesn't um, jive with the way that business is moving and the speed that you need to be truly, um, you know, sort of uh, create a real advantage. So I think with, with the tool being something that is actually part of where you live, it's part of your workflows every day. It's part of the things that you make sure that you always have a tab open on. I think that that's part of what sort of changed the dynamic. Um, and and makes the value that comes from from a competitive tool like this just so much more apparent. Yeah, and I I would say um, everyone loves a good David and Goliath story, right? There's, um, you know, it's a really good way to rally around a common enemy, um, but it shouldn't be your mission. I think that you when you lead, you don't look in the rearview mirror, right? You're looking ahead. You're looking at where the future's going, where the industry is going, what customers need. And so I would say it's a miss if you get too fixated on one competitor. You know, play your game, uh, understand the market. That's one piece of it. Um, but focus on what your customers want and innovate and build in that space. 
Because Intel is just Intel, right? It's not useful until it becomes insights. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one specific question that was about relating with the, uh, sorry, product team. How do you leverage competitive enablement data into product roadmap on new features, integrations, or partnerships? Maybe um, if either of you have a take on how you are supporting the decisions being made um, around product features integrations. Yeah, I mean, our product marketing team, which is competitive Intel sits in product marketing, meets weekly with our product team. And we're constantly bringing uh, insights, uh, feedback, understanding what we're seeing. Uh, we're meeting with analysts all the time. We're learning what they're seeing in the market. We're educating them on what we're seeing in the market. And so that's an important part of your uh, product strategy is that communication back and forth. They're seeing stuff when they meet with customers and we're seeing stuff and making sure we share that knowledge. And Clue definitely helps us keep that knowledge base and keep it up to date and gives access to all the teams across the business to make sure they have the most up-to-date and relevant information. I can just add, we, we share a lot of the dy dynamics that um, Meg just mentioned there. One of the things I would say, though, is that our product team actually considers Clue as sort of part of the way that they do their own homework. Um, of course, there's never any pressure coming from sales on what product features need to be developed, right? <laughs> so that just doesn't happen. But, um, you know, it's important for the product team to actually get their own sort of understanding of which features, what pricing, what kind of, what kind of combinations, what sort of... Um, Maybe even a partner, you know, a partner that offers something that would make a lot of sense for us to bring into our thinking about the product or how to close a gap. And so um, I'm actually really encouraged about the fact that there is high utility for both product teams and product marketing teams, uh, in addition, obviously, to what's happening in, in, the, in the revenue organization. So I have a question that's in a bit of a different direction, but it's one that we talk about often at Clue. And that's, um, you know, a lot of the outcome that we see with our customers is the ultimate improvement in competitive win rates. Like you said, Karen, the speeding up of deal cycles, like a lot of the business outcomes are on the sales side. And a question was asked, which is um, if uh, how much do CMOs own and care about improving win rates and owning a program that sits within your function, um, maybe you could speak to how you think about um, those sort of KPIs for a program that you're driving. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to uh, jump in on this. Um, I actually think the way you measure product marketing and competitive intelligence is deal velocity. And if you have an impact, you shrink the sales cycle because you're getting rid of the objection handling right away. Uh, you're arming the, the field to um, do the right um, discovery and um, really understanding what the customer needs and then positioning your company and your products or your solution appropriately um, that allows them to make a decision fast. And, um, you know, yes, uh, we care about win rates deeply, right? We want to win. Uh, you know, I, you know, they, I had one CRO talk about um, sh a shark in the water and, and they get in a frenzy to, to make a kill. And they put a lot of time and energy in that. And if they don't get that kill, eventually they die because they have to have the calories. And your sales team's the same way, right? They're in a frenzy. They're getting a kill. They need they need to win. They need to get that deal. Your company needs them to win. And so you need to arm them to get get that. And um, 
I think it matters a lot. So win rate matters and that continues to build their confidence. And that's a signal to the market, right? You're gaining more and more customers. May I add one thing? Um, and that is, there's also a benefit at the beginning and that is ramp time. Like the quicker you could get a rep ramped in and really understanding how to show up in the market and be able to, you know, effectively position greenhouse versus, you know, any of the other competitors, time saved and quicker to productivity translates into dollars. That's for sure. And we also do care about that. Yeah, that's very valuable. Um, win loss. So yesterday we rolled out, you know, Clue's first win loss product and win loss can sometimes sit within the competitive intelligence team or be owned by that team or in other organizations that can be owned elsewhere. I'm curious in the way that you see it, um, or at your organization, who owns win loss and who's responsible for, um, that information, running that program and, and sharing that information back out to the organization. I can start on this one. Um, when loss is owned as part of the competitive intelligence function inside of my organization. Um, and I, you know, I just sometimes think that these words around owning is just so kind of deceptive, right? Because we enable when loss, um, we put the tool, the program, everything in place. Um, but at any time, if, you know, if our enterprise team wants to do a couple of, um, interviews and understand really what's going on around a specific uh, feature or, or product, et cetera, et cetera. We don't have to control that um, that activity. So it's very much a shared benefit, but if you were to say marketing enables it. Yes, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Win-loss, the, the actual academics and the work of it sits within the competitive intelligence team, but we certainly share that back uh, out to all the executive team across all the functions. And we do a, a weekly week in focus with the sales and go-to-market orgs, and we share our wins and our and any losses so we can learn from them. What's I'm curious what the form is and how you're sharing that out. Is that just a, a presentation deck of key themes that you're hearing on on win and loss reasons on like a weekly biweekly basis? We'll actually take a win and have the rep that won the deal walk through it and what mattered, who they competed against, why they won, the, you know, look at the champion. Uh, and um, the other thing we do that we think is really important is not just the wins, but the launches. And in this environment, more than ever, you 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 need to focus on the customers and launching them, making sure they're getting the most value out of uh, your solution. And so we'll we'll talk about launches as well. I love that. That's a that's a really neat angle. That is really interesting. Is there any, are you doing any work right now around churn analysis or trying to understand how competitors are impacting churn and retention within your org, maybe Megan? Yeah, I mean, certainly we look at all of that and that's an important metric that you're going to report all the way up to the board. Uh, and I think if you look out at a lot of tech companies right now and the environment, um, I think in this past year, it's been a, a bigger discussion than ever before. Uh, so we we certainly look at all of those numbers to understand and learn from them and take action on them. I might just say that we are obviously doing the same thing. There's nothing more important than actually understanding what is driving churn and how you can get ahead of it. But we don't necessarily have that within the competitive intelligence function. It's for us at Greenhouse, it's a customer success um, own responsibility and then a shared uh, action item, if you would, across all of the executive leaders. That's sort of interesting, Karen, because as you said already, it's it's like so much of the information and this work is both 
sits maybe within the product marketing role or within this, the competitive intelligence team within your org, but it's so shared the role of where this information is coming from and how it gets used to crush your organization. Competing is a relay activity. It's not a siloed activity, right? Mm -hmm. um, Karen, would you mind, someone had asked in the chat, Veronica, um, for an understanding of the structure of your competitive intelligence team or product marketing teams, do you mind giving um, a, sort of an overview of how those teams are actually set up? I'll just be very brief about this. Um, the product marketing team in structure mirrors very closely what's happening in the product org itself so that there is a degree of sort of let's call it specialization that happens within the different um, product marketing um, leaders. Um, competitive intelligence sits as a peer within that structure, but doesn't actually face off against any one of the product um, leaders themselves, but actually serves that whole organization. And then product marketing sits within the overall um, greenhouse marketing organization. That's pretty high level, but I'm hoping that that actually gets to the question that was asked. I think it answers the question that was asked, Megan, maybe helpful for you to give a, an overview as well. Um, maybe give me a little bit more on that. The question was just, I think, trying to understand how large your CI team is and, and um, a question to share more about the structure of the team and the roles that were prioritized when building out your competitive program. Yeah, I would say the team at Lacework is much larger than I've seen at other companies. And a lot of that is because of the space, there's so many players in the space and we are a platform play of multiple um, products. So you've got CSPM, CWPP, IAC, we've got Kubernetes. And so each of those categories, um, they not only have their own quadrant and wave and different things like that, but they have a huge set of competitors. And so it's much larger in the cybersecurity space than I had when we were in travel tech or in databases is quite large these days too. But uh, so it's, it just tells you the impact of that team and what's necessary and, and how critical they are to our ability to win in the market. That's great. I'm going to ask one question to each of you um, and then we'll, we'll be wrapped up. What are you most looking forward to in 2024 as it relates to how you want to use your competitive intelligence program to help drive success within your organizations? I mean, I will go back to, you know, how we measure product marketing and um, CI. What I would say is the faster we close a deal, the, the higher our win rates and the faster we do it, the more productive our reps are. So if you think about it, if you could do a deal in a month, that was taking six months. Now you're doing 12 deals instead of two. And so, you know, as we get stronger and stronger, I'm looking forward to the increase in productivity that comes with it. Wow, that was a good answer. And honestly, I really agree with that. I think that there's only one other thing that I would love to see in 2024, and that is um, potentially the way that um, sort of uh, people consume information intelligence is something not everyone wants to read about a card. Not everyone wants, like you want to watch videos, you want to do different things. And so, you know, accommodating a little bit, shall we say, the styles of information gathering and information consumption to what people's preferences are. We're on the go. We don't have a lot of time to read. You know, can we do more bite-sized things? So that's one of the, the areas that I think um, is an opportunity for um, getting creative. 
I would agree. And I love that idea. I think that um, even on our own marketing team, we're looking at more video content, more ways that we can um, deliver digestible content in the ways that people want to consume it. And I think that the competitive intelligence space and how we enable our teams is also ripe for that same sort of thinking around how do we best communicate out this information in ways people will consume. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I appreciate uh, the time from both of you today. This has been an awesome conversation. Um, thank you very much for this. And thank you very much to the both. Thank you, Katie. Thanks, Megan. Thank you. Thank you.